All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So each week we take a listener question about a topic they were interested in. The listener went to our website, techgumbo.net, and they submitted the question. And this week's question is, does clicking on subscribe from unwanted emails really work? So there's two ways you can answer this question. One is that technically, yes, that because of the consumer protection laws in place, whenever you click unsubscribe, then that specific company has to stop emailing you. But it doesn't take long to look at a a junk email folder and realize how many different people are emailing you. The number of services that you sign up for in the course of a week, a month, a year, 15 years on the internet, however long I've been here now, it's they add up. And so having to sit there and go through them manually one at a time, that'd take a while. When you consider my email address, I've had now since 1997 when I registered my own domain name. And so give that, what, 25 years, 26 years, I've had the same email address. And every time I've signed up for everything, I'm automatically on somebody's list and everybody sells that list, and everybody buys the same list, and that just keeps getting passed around and passed around and passed around. And yes, you can go to the Federal Trade Commission's website, head over to the Direct Marketing Association Consumers website, dmachoice.org, and for $4, they will quote-unquote remove your name from these lists. But good luck with that. Yeah, they said it will stop most, but not all promotional mail, which is okay. Maybe that works. Yeah, the, you know, you can go, you can reach out directly to these companies. If you still have a fax machine, you can send a fax to certain companies and that'll take you off of their list. But I mean, that's if you, I, 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 I chuckle at myself because I have not personally seen or sent a fax in probably six or seven years. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I have to go back in time to find a fax machine. But if you do have, you know, email like Gmail, there is a, a specific place in Gmail where you can go and turn up the the level as to which it scrutinizes email looking for spam. If you use Microsoft Outlook, you can get into the settings and and have it comb through and and move more stuff into junk. And every time you get an email that you know is junk, drag it over to the junk folder and Microsoft will learn this is junk and it will it will help. 
Yeah, there's also some other third-party services. Uh, one is called SaneBox, which is rated very highly. Unsubscriber by Polymail. There's a, a couple out there which are our paid services and that they'll sit there and read through it and sort it out. And so you can do some things to help cut down on it. But yeah, there's you're never going to beat it 100%. So thank you for sending in that question. We will be sending out the Tech Gumbo mug. We'll be reaching back out to get a mailing address where we're going to send that big, beautiful 20-ounce Tech Gumbo mug for free to you by being a part of our show. And if you would like a Tech Gumbo mug, go to our website. You'll see the pictures there. Send us your, your question. If we use your question, we will send you a mug. And no, we don't keep your your address and no we don't sell ads so <laughs> send us send us a question and we'll and let us send you a mug the next one in the story we want to dip into is called the amazon sidewalk this is an interesting piece of technology which they first announced back in 2019 but they just recently have started to up its performance. They've started to allow more people to access it. They're, they're really starting to push to become more of a bigger product. And it is a low bandwidth, low power, long range wireless network. That's right. It, this is in the 900 megahertz spectrum. And it's designed to extend a network outside of your house. Let's say you have a sensor. And it's this is about connecting internet of things devices and you have a motion sensor outside your house that's not connected to the wi-fi or it's too far away from the wi-fi or if you have a key finder attached to your keys that's in or similar devices like that a ring device on the outside of your house and it can't get to the wi-fi this amazon sidewalk will extend the signal out 1500 feet from your house yeah this is that is what they're saying here is that you're going to as we develop more and more IoT devices are going to want to put them in places. Maybe you have one in your backyard for a reason. You can definitely think of a lot of different reasons why you would have a device that is not going to be near your standard Wi-Fi router. And so this technology is designed to give them something small. You know, they're not going to push a whole lot of data across it, but just enough so that they could send a notification they could, you know, maybe if it's a garage door opener, you could open or close it. Things like that, which don't need a whole lot of data, but they need something to connect out with. Amazon thinks this is a really, really good idea. And if you have an Amazon Echo device or a Ring device right now in your house or on your house, guess what? You already have Sidewalk enabled. Yeah, that's that's the part wherever... I'm no longer excited of this because if I were to be sent a notification and asked if I wanted to turn this on and had it explained to me and I could make that just choice myself, okay, now I'm on board. But reading this article and saying, oh, I'm not sure about that, and then going into my phone and realizing it was already turned on, now I'm unhappy. Yes, I had to pull up the Amazon app. And, and disable Sidewalk. I had to go to the Ring app and disable Sidewalk. And you're thinking, well, why is this a big deal? This Sidewalk extending out at 1,500 feet or so. If somebody pulls up at 2 o'clock in the morning with a sniffer and they find my 
sidewalk. Well, it's connected to my house, to my Wi-Fi here in the house. No, they don't connect to the Wi-Fi. They connect to the IoT devices inside. Right now it's encrypted, but how good is the encryption? And then, okay, they hack through that. They guess a, a, a default password if I had not changed my default password. And now they're connected to my Amazon device. Now they're connected to my Wi-Fi. Now they're in my network. And it's also not just that they can see your network. The way that these are designed is that they will link together to create what uh, Amazon is calling a bridge. And so if you have an Alexa device and your neighbor has an Alexa device and their neighbor has an Alexa device, the three of them are designed to talk to each other and create an unbroken chain. And so one of them can pass information across the entire chain here. Amazon is saying, oh, imagine you lost your dog and your dog has the tracker. The tracker, if it's you know four houses down, will be able to then give you that notification that, hey, look, we can house four can see it, send the notification back to house one. But that also means that all of the information can flow across these networks. And just as you're saying, right now it is encrypted. Amazon is saying that it's secure. But whenever you are, without people's knowledge, creating these mesh networks and allowing information to travel over it, the potential for something to go wrong here is very high. Potential for something intended to happen, but intended by Amazon to happen. And if I found out about it, I would be upset. So if you're not happy with this idea, then you can go to the Amazon Alexa app and go to your settings, go to the account settings, scroll down to Amazon Sidewalk and click the slider to disable the Amazon Sidewalk. The same thing with the Ring app. You open up the Ring app, you go to the control center, then you select Amazon Sidewalk, then the commun community control section, and then again, you change the slider to disable the Amazon Sidewalk. Moving on to other things that are potentially going to be disabled soon, we're looking at TikTok for the rest of the segment today, and we wanted to talk about the U.S. ban and We've talked about in the past how ridiculous that it is and that TikTok itself is not the problem. Another source of information here is that U.S. state governments are using trackers built by TikTok. We are also opting into the same surveillance that TikTok is doing. This just drives me crazy. So here we are, we're holding congressional hearings and we're marching the CEO of TikTok USA out there and we're grilling him for five hours so all these people can, can go out there and try and get reelected because they're beating on good old TikTok because they're Chinese. And yet here the United States is using this software built by ByteDance, the parent company of TikTok, to do information research. And I, I think that's just such a nice way of putting it, information research, <laughs> because in that hearing, the TikTok CEO, when asked if the parent company ByteDance had spied on American citizens at the direction of the Chinese Communist Party, his response was, I don't think that spying is the right word, which is just such an amazingly bad response. But if they 
are taking that action at the request of the Chinese Communist Party and the American government as well, then what are we doing here? What well, This is just so, on so many levels, absurd that we have found this new punching bag to go after. And that's what we're going to do, is we're going to sit here and point all the fingers at them, but we are also just as complicit in all of this behavior. As a federal government, I mean, the federal government is using TikTok services to use their their social media platform tracking information that feeds into the algorithms, that spits out all of the information that they need about so many different things in our lives. And yet we're going to stand up and say, TikTok bad, we got to ban them. Yeah, 30 U.S. state government websites across 27 states are collecting data in a way that is the exact same as TikTok does. And getting into, could we even ban TikTok? One, we're doing all the same practices. But two, does the U.S. legal system even provide for this? The easy answer is no, not easily could we actually ban them. It would be very difficult just because of the open nature of the Internet in the United States. Could we say, OK, you can't have access to the to TikTok in the U.S. anymore? We could say that and then we could go to Apple and to Google and say, you've got to take the TikTok app off of your app stores and we could have the Internet service providers not link back to the TikTok websites, but you still haven't stopped it from coming here. Right. And that's also an incredibly messy, incredibly brute force that would be subject to a lot of strong legal challenges. And it would be very difficult to hold up in court that the U.S. wasn't radically overstepping any of those avenues that it's taking. There was a bill proposed in the month of March by a Democratic senator, Mark Warren from Virginia. And what he is proposing is that they go after the ability to do business. They would tell the U.S. Secretary of Commerce to grant the power to identify, deter, disrupt, prevent, prohibit, investigate, or otherwise mitigate any risk arising from any covered transaction by person or otherwise. So basically broad power to do anything which might propose a cybersecurity risk. And by doing that, then they could cut off access to the banks so that if any kind of money that may or may not have started with TikTok, you can't you can't cash that check anymore. And if you can't cash that check, well, you're not going to do business with them. If you're not going to do business with them, they're not going to want to continue doing services here. And so they pulled the plug. That's the only way that you would really get rid of TikTok in the United States. But the bill does not specifically name TikTok or ByteDance. It includes several areas, including federal elections, information and communications technologies, and critical infrastructure or digital economy. Those are very broad categories that include a huge number of things. And anything that this bill touches would likely include 10 other things that they're not currently thinking about right now because of how expansively it's written. It would prohibit the use of virtual private networks because right now you could just set up a VPN and connect to a server on the European continent and get your TikTok that way. And oh, by the way, 
that VPN now becomes illegal according to this proposed act. And so that's one of the, the difficult parts of how broadly it's written is that Senator Warner thinks that it doesn't. He believes that it's not written in such a way. However, other people have reasonably read it to say because of the broad nature of it and because of the – it also says no person may cause, aid, abet, counsel, command, induce, procure, permit, or approve the doing of. That's such broad language. And so if my using of a VPN to access TikTok in some way partakes in that behavior, boy, it would be really hard to say that that doesn't fall under something that is banned by this bill. Some of the targets that do fall under this, companies like Kaspersky, which is Russian, or Huawei, which is Chinese, and TikTok is, even though it's TikTok USA and they're they're a US-based company now, certainly ByteDance is, is certainly Chinese-owned. And, and so those companies would have very heavy restrictions. You could go after them because of this bill. I think a marker of how bad this bill is, is that everyone from AOC to Tucker Carlson has come out against it. And if both of those people are against this bill because of the overreach that it would provide for, then you have goofed with your bill. It really is amazing. When you get such extreme examples of political bipartisanship from unlikely sources like that, then yes, you blundered, pull out the eraser, start over. This is a bad bill. Absolutely. It is far too much overreach here. It would go after large amounts of individual privacy. And it's there are better ways to do this, as you've said many, many times protect data privacy. If you were really serious about this, then you would just protect consumer data privacy like Europe has done, like California is trying to do. There are just much easier, cleaner, simpler ways which make us, the individuals, happy and you don't have to worry about all of this other nonsense. We wanted to finish up with one more time. The Zoom bombing has popped its ugly head back up. This is embarrassing. This was a federal government meeting for the mid-sized bank coalitions. And you would think that a Federal Reserve event here in the year 2023, they would have gotten their act together and would have been able to click the buttons that would prevent this from happening. But here we are three years into the pandemic and everyone having spent so much time in the past three years using Zoom calls, it still happens. Federal Governor Christopher Waller was beginning his opening remarks when all of a sudden Dan popped up on the screen and started started displaying pornographic content and everyone was quickly shocked and horrified and so they had to bring the whole Zoom call down because somebody forgot to click on don't let Zoom bombing happen button that's right there prominent in Zoom. Yeah, and this is you know a, a very serious meeting. It's a hundred members whose banks are worth between ten billion and a hundred billion dollars in assets, and so these are the people who you would want them to have a formal conversation and want to be able to talk about the mechanics of some pretty important things, and it's just ridiculous. Come on, we should we should know better than this. We should have, we should be able to do better. Even Zoom has on their website how to prevent Zoom bombing. So look it up. 
And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.